Reverend Paulson is our preacher this evening. And our topic today is uh, consequences for not glorifying God. And our extract is from uh, Acts chapter 12, uh, verse 20 to 24. I'm going to uh, quickly read that. And I'm reading from uh, NIV. And then I will go ahead and invite Reverend Paulson to uh, to take on Acts chapter 12, verse 20 to 24. And it says, He had been quarreling with the people of Tyre and Sidon. They now joined together and sought an audience with him. After securing the support of Blastus, a trusted personnel servant of the king, they asked for peace because they depended on the king's country for their food supply. On their appointed day, Herod, wearing his royal robes, sat on his throne and delivered a public address to the people. They shouted, this is the voice of a god, not a man. Immediately, because Herod did not give praise to God, an angel of the Lord struck him down and was eaten by worms and died. But the word of God continued, continued to spread and flourish. This is the word of God. Reverend Paulson, I now hand over to you to minister to us. Thank you so much, our dear sister Sheila. Uh, uh, good afternoon, a uh, good evening, dear brothers and sisters. Thank you for keeping the fire at the altar, the fire in the presence of the Lord burning. Let's continue to pray. Lord, indeed, you've called us to keep the fire at your altar burning, to keep the fire of prayer and of seeking your face burning. Thank you for these that you've given opportunity to stand in the gap. And Lord, we pray that as we stand in the gap on behalf of our church, on behalf of our families, on behalf of the nation, that indeed, Lord, you will demonstrate your glory. We thank you, Lord, that today you are saying to us that when the Lord is glorified, man does not have to fight. Man does not have to use his own physical energy. The Lord will simply be glorified. You say to us in your word in Isaiah 58, verse 8, Isaiah 58, verse 8, then your light shall break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. The glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Lord, it is our prayer this evening that indeed your glory will be our rear guard, that your glory will protect us from behind and from the front. Your glory, Lord, shall surround us, shall surround your church, 
and that indeed your name will be glorified. So now, Lord, as we share in your word, come, Lord, and open our eyes, open our senses, open our mental faculties, open, Lord, our entire understanding to the fruitfulness that is in your word, to the victory that is demonstrated to we as we exercise faith in you. And that, Lord, we will each testify that you are the Lord at work, the Lord that is bringing a divine rescue for your children and glorifying your holy name through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 Friends, certainly one of the, the key texts in the Bible, the entire Bible is very, very key. But certainly there are those texts that seem outstanding and highly inspirational, especially in aspects of warfare, in prayer, and waiting on the Lord. And I believe one of those uh, key texts is Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12 is centrally about God demonstrating his power to a people that faithfully, keenly serve him and seek his face. We see in Acts chapter 12, Peter miraculously escaping out of the prison. And the church is being persecuted. And the, the person that is behind the persecution, one of them we have read about is King Herod. And as King Herod persecutes the church, the church goes into prayer. The church goes into prayer. And I want to say, and hope will make this our key prayer point as well this evening, that in the midst of tough times and persecuting circumstances, suffering situations, the people of God are called to be in prayer. So in Acts chapter 12, as the church is growing, there is a kind of persecution against the apostles and against the people of God. We are told that Peter is in prison, but the church is honestly praying for Peter. And when we honestly pray, the Lord demonstrates his glory. We read in Acts chapter 12, verse 1, that it was about this time that the King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. And the people that were arrested are listed. As they are arrested and put into prison, um, even Peter himself, who was really the lead apostle, he is put into prison. And verse 4 says, after he was arrested, Acts chapter 4, other Acts chapter 12, verse 4 says, after Peter was arrested, he was put in prison and he was handed over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. And Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So there were four squads that, uh, four squads, four soldiers each that were guarding Peter. He was in a place where certainly he would never escape. 
But even there, the glory of the Lord showed up for Peter, and Peter escaped. What was happening? Verse 5 tells us that when Peter was kept in prison, the church was earnestly praying to God for him. Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying for him. I'd like to pause kind of question here and allow us to make deeper reflection. We are told Peter was in prison, but the church was honestly praying to God for him. We do not have to wait to have people in a physical prison. We need to know that whenever we are in a situation where we are limited from exercising the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus, we are certainly imprisoned. Today we have many young people imprisoned to drug addictions. We have people that have been imprisoned to, to abuse in their homes. And somehow they become sort of captive to forces of abuse and to domestic violence in their homes. In a way, they are in prison even when they are in their homes. Some of us have been imprisoned probably to the control of social media. All those forces imprisoned. The, the prisoning circumstances are more real today than ever before. We are told that the early church, when Peter was kept in prison, the church was honestly praying to God for him. Praise the Lord. Thank you, friends, for joining this prayer meeting that we honestly continue to pray. An honest prayer has got to do with a committed prayer to the Lord, a con continued devotion to the Lord, an, an interrupted engagement of prayer and continual search for God's divine intervention, honestly praying for Peter. And friends, when the church was in earnest prayer, the Lord demonstrated his glory. Hallelujah. The Lord demonstrated his glory. For while Peter was guarded by four soldiers and four squads of four soldiers each, we are told that there was a miraculous escape. Verse 6 says that the night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up and said, Quick, get up, he said. And the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Hallelujah. And the angel of the Lord showed up and quickly woke up Peter and said, Peter, quick. Get out of the chains. The chains, Peter's chains fell off and the Lord was paving a way for Peter to escape. God is about to demonstrate his glory even to Peter, to the church that is praying, to the, to the soldiers that are guarding Peter. The Lord is to demonstrate his glory. The angel in verse 8 ordered Peter, put your clothes and sandals on. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. 
he brought, he thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first and the second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself and they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Peter had no idea of what the Lord was doing. When the Lord is demonstrating his glory, we do not get an idea and understanding of what the Lord is doing. Remember, the church is praying and the Lord is at work. We are, remember a few days ago, the Saint Provost was sharing with us and said, when the church seeks the face of the Lord, the Lord comes down. When the church seeks the face of the Lord, when the church goes up, the Lord comes down. The church went in un earnest praying and the Lord came down as demonstrated his glory, as is aiding Peter in this miraculous escape from the prison. Verse 11 says that Peter came to himself and said, now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen to me. What the persecutors were hoping would happen, the Lord had demonstrated a miraculous escape. The Lord has demonstrated his glory. I started by reading Isaiah 58, Isaiah 58, verse 8, that your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rare God. The glory of the Lord is at work. The power of God is being demonstrated. Peter has had a miraculous escape and he thought he was dreaming, but the Lord has worked it out and he has passed by the squads of these soldiers. And we are told that what followed next is when the soldiers actually got up, most of the, the soldier came to the knowledge and understanding of Christ Jesus. God is demonstrating his glory even to the soldiers. We are told that the people that were also in the prayer meeting were all amazed that there had been that miraculous escape. When we read in verse 15, um, Acts chapter 12, verse 15. Acts chapter 12, verse 15. We are told they start from verse, verse, let's continue verse 12. When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Peter knocked at the outer entrance and the servant named Rhoda came to answer uh, the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. Peter is at the door. It was so overwhelming a happening that when this prayer meeting heard that Peter was at the door, verse 15, they all said, you are out of your mind. They told her. And when she kept insisting, that it was so. Everyone was saying it must be his angel. But Peter kept on knocking, verse 16, and they opened the door and saw him and they were astonished. Friends, when the Lord is at work, we all get astonished, we all marvel, we all are surprised, we are all taken 
out of our own understanding, seeing the marvelous and excellent works of the Lord. How we pray that even in our time today, God will amaze us when we experience supernatural release of his people from all forces of darkness and all forces of captivity. That even we that are in these prayer meetings, we will give a testimony that what we didn't believe as we prayed, the Lord has done. They were astonished as they experienced the reality that Peter had escaped the prison, that the Lord had demonstrated his glory. Friends, when Peter escapes from the prison, verse 18 says, in the morning, there was no small commotion among the soldiers as to what had come of Peter. And after that, Herod had a thorough search made for him and did not find him. He cross-examined the guards and ordered that they be executed. The king Herod that was persecuting the church of Christ is now under fear, is now under fear. Consequences for not glorifying God. Herod had intentionally refused to glorify the Lord. He had adamantly refused to glorify the Lord, to come to the understanding that the Lord is at work. Today, we want to pray, in addition to other issues that we've already raised, that the church should be in prayer, honest prayer, as we face tough times. We also want to pray that kings, that leaders, will succumb to the leading to the power of the Lord. They will surrender to the leadership of the Lord. They will completely relinquish their pride that kings will relinquish their the authorities and bow down at what the Lord is doing. We are told that Herod in verse 19, he asked that all the guards are cross-examined and we are told that he had the intention to execute them. And he carries on his plan for the execution of these guards from the text that we read. Quite a number of people had wanted to meet uh, Herod, as we read in the following verses, verse 20 and on. And even in the meeting with him, this is a king who should be having authority over the community that he's been called to lead. But we see that even as he offers leadership to the people, he seems to be threatened. We read in verse 20, uh, Acts chapter 12, verse 20, that... Herod had been quarreling with the people of Tyre and Sidon. So they now joined together and sought an audience with him. He had been quarreling. You see, a man that has lost peace with the Lord, a man that has disobeyed the Lord, that is not glorifying the Lord, a leader that does not glorify the Lord, ends up quarreling with those that he leads. Verse 20 says, Herod the king had been quarreling with the people of Tyre and Sidon, the people that he was called to lead. So they now joined to, to seek audience with him. And after securing the support of Balastas, a trusted personal servant of the king, they asked for peace because they depended on the king's country for their food 
supply. You know, uh, so they, because of the food they needed, somehow they, they sought audience and sought good relationship. We are told, friends, in the next verses, that God demonstrates zero tolerance for those that are against him. God does not at all bring, he has, he has no good word for people that are against his glory, are people that disobey him, are people that, um, that fight him, are people that do not honor him. People that do not honor the Lord, there is zero tolerance for them. We read in verse 21 that on the appointed day, Herod, wearing his royal robes, sat on his throne and delivered a public address to the people. And when the people heard him speak, they all shouted, this is the voice of a God, not of a man. The speech that he shared unto them, remember, verse 20 tells us, he was quarreling with the people. And verse 21 is telling us, as he is proudly in his royal robes, on his throne, he delivers a speech, and everyone says, this is the voice of a God, not of a man. They discerned and said, this man has been taken on by some kind of spirit. Anyone that stops to glorify the Lord, he's glorifying other forces. Friends, we either glorify the Lord or we glorify other forces. These people say, this is not the voice of a man. It is the voice of a God. It is easy for us to say, that is King Herod. That is for the kings. That is for the leaders. It is not so for me. But friends, you know what? Even I as a reverend, it is very possible that I can get off the service of God, honoring God, and when I stand to preach or stand to speak and stand to address my family, my family members can say, this is not the voice of daddy. This is not the voice of our leader. This is not the voice of love. It, there is a spirit that has taken over. There is a force of darkness that is carrying this person. Consequences for not glorifying the Lord. We are seeing here, in addition to quarreling with the people that you lead, number two, one, number two consequence is that the enemy, certain evil spirits take over. The evil spirit takes over. And friends, it is possible that we live in a home where the evil spirit, or in homes where the evil spirit has taken over the thoughts, the thinking, the actions of parents or of children. Sometimes you hear children speak to their parents and they say, this is not the voice of my son. This is not the voice of my daughter. It is, it is a voice of a spirit. There is an evil spirit at work. We are told, friends, in Acts chapter 12, verse 21, that when Herod, in his royal robes, and on his throne, when he delivered that public address to the people, they all shouted, this is not the voice of a God. This is not the voice of God. It is not the voice of man. It is the voice of a God. It's the voice of a spirit, an evil spirit had taken over this man, Herod. 
We want to pray today, friends, that we will not succumb to the evil spirits, to the gods of this age, that you shall not succumb, dear friends, to the rulers and the powers of darkness that are around us. He must have spoken with pride. He must have spoken with a, a, a kind of threatening the people. He must have spoken with, with, with a sense that left the people powerless. And they said, this is the voice of a God, not the voice of a man. A situation where children will say, this is the voice of a God, not the voice of daddy. This is the voice of the enemy, not the voice of mommy. When we do not glorify the Lord, friends, the voice of the evil one, the voice of the enemy takes over. And it is our prayer that we will be a people that will turn to God, honor and exalt the Lord. Remember, Herod had failed to understand that the Lord has been at work that is doing supernatural interventions in the lives of the apostles. He is persecuting the apostles. He's imprisoning them. And the church continues to pray. And as the church prays, God shows his glory. Herod does not recognize the glory of the Lord. Why? Because he carries on with his pride he carries on with a dependence and looking to self. He's leading a country that is giving food supply to the neighbors. He is self-sufficient. He is self-dependent. And as we can see, the people say, this is not the voice of God, but the voice. This is not the voice of man, the voice of a leader, but the voice of a God. We want to pray this evening, friends that the Lord will speak to each one of us that will not be taken by the forces of this world, but will rather be under the control of our God. We are told in verse 23 that what followed was disaster, a sad end for the king, Herod. Verse 23, immediately, because Herod did not give praise to God, and the angel of the Lord struck him down, and he was eaten by worms and died. What a sad ending for this king, Herod. The people that he has been imprisoning, people like Peter, people like James, people like Peter, God demonstrates a divine rescue, and they escape the prison. But the one who has been imprisoning them, the one that has been threatening the people of God, we are told he died with a helpless state. He died in a shameful state for he was struck down by an angel and he was eaten by worms and died. Friends, what a sad ending for King Herod. And this kind of sad ending can actually be true for people today. There are people that seem to start well, but end terribly. When we do not glorify the Lord, we can easily start well and end terribly. There are people that start well in their marriages, but because they do not glorify the Lord, they end terribly. 
There are people that start well in their offices, their places of work. As God blesses them, they have such an influence and authority over many people, but end terribly, immediately, because Herod did not give praise to God. An angel of the Lord struck him down and he was eaten by worms and died. He was not given a state funeral. He was not given a honorable or an honoring send-off. He was struck down and he died. We do not want to go very far from what once happened in Africa. A man by the names of Gaddafi, the president that exalted himself above God, when he downplayed with the glory of the Lord and called the Bible, the word of God, as nothing. The way he died was a shameful death. Friends, there are tough consequences for not glorifying the Lord. We pray that you and I, we that are listening today, God will call us to an understanding of humility, of repentance, that we do not become gods in our time, that we do not allow pride and own and authority that he has given us, that we do not wear that and see ourselves as above God, because God can pull us down. We can lose it all in just a minute. We want to have a time to pray right now. I hope that our sister Sheila will continue with us in prayer. But for now, let's pray that we will humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. As Isaiah 58 verse 8 read, the glory of the Lord will be our rear guard, that we surrender to the Lord, that indeed his glory will be our rear guard. Our Lord and our King, we live in a world where man exalts himself above your ways. We live in a world where man exalts himself uh, above your miraculous interventions. Father, we have seen Herod, a great leader. Herod, a man that had the right, that had the honors to imprison people. But when time came for him to die, it was a helpless dying that was simply eaten by worms. Lord, it is our prayer that if we in any way have been exalting ourselves and wearing pride and not completely yielding to your leading, that God, you forgive us. Forgive us, O Lord. Forgive us, Lord. Sometimes when the, the, the authority that we carry, the privileges that we carry, Lord, the positions and offices that we carry, sometimes, Lord, these distract us and, and we end up master taking your glory. But we learn that nothing can take your glory, that you have zero tolerance for those that take your glory. That, Lord, you do not allow anything and anyone to stand in the way of the Lord. Father, we pray that all circumstances that distract us and stand in your way, we as individuals, that we let go and that we allow you, our God, 
and our all. We lift the leaders of Africa before you. We lift the leaders of the church before you that none Lord will glorify himself above you. That all of us, Lord, shall only and only glorify you, our Lord and our King. And then shall we see you. Father, protect us. Like the church prayed, the early church prayed earnestly and demonstrated your glory. The church prayed, Lord, and you pulled down the pride of man. We pray that even in our time today, you'll demonstrate your glory as you pull down the pride of man and exalt your holy ways as you cause your children to be set free. To you, Lord, be glory, honor, power, and majesty now and forevermore. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Reverend Paulson. Um, let's just continue in prayer. Father Lord Jesus, we want to thank you for you. We want to thank you for you have spoken clearly to us through Reverend Paulson. We want to thank you for your servant who you have used, oh Lord. to speak to us, to remind us of where we are at in this life's journey. I pray a special prayer over him. I pray that where he has emptied from, you may fill him again, Lord God. Renew him, Lord God. I pray a hedge of protection over him and his family, that he will not be attacked by any way, by the evil one in the name of Jesus. And may you continue to guard his goings and his coming, guard his front, his back, and his sides, Lord God. Father, in the same spirit, we continue to pray for each and every one of us and the different domains that you've placed us in. Like your word has, like uh, Reverend Horton has reminded us and that you've shared, Father, as a church, we're supposed to always honestly pray to you for us to be able to overcome any sort of prison. And there are so many the examples that Reverend Paulson has shared, and there are very many more. Social media is becoming something else, oh Lord. May you help us as a church not to give up, to continue on our knees. There are some things that just become too overwhelming, but Father, in your, your timing is the best. In your timing, you will take care of each and everything. May we not give up. May we continue to just seek you, Lord God. Seek you without ceasing. And you will be able to take care of everything. So may you continue to remind us, especially the 32 people on this call and all the others out there, even those that were not able to come on, to stand in the gap at all times to stand in the gap and pray in the midst of all the challenges that are going on in this world right now. Even those where sometimes we're just so scared, we're like, what's going on? Some of us who are parents, we're like, what world is our, our children going to get raised in? But your word tells us not to fear, but to trust in you, Lord God. We just need to trust and obey you, Father. So may you just help us keep our eyes on you, Lord. Father, in addition to what uh, Reverend Paulson has 
spread about different leaders, even us as individuals in the different domains you've placed us in. You've given us leadership responsibilities wherever we are, Lord God. So I pray, Lord God, that you help each and every one of us submit to your leadership, that you may use us, Lord God, where you've placed us, and that you may keep reminding us at any point in time that whatever we do is to the glory of your name and nothing else. You've put us where you've placed us for a purpose, oh Lord. Holy Spirit, may you always admonish us, may you always remind us that we are there to fulfill your purpose and that we may always give the glory to you, that we will not succumb to any of the evil voices like King Herod, where we reach and we think we're the ones talking, we're the ones in charge. May you give us the humility, Lord God, to give the glory to you, to give the glory to you where it is due in all the things. And may we testify, Lord God, in this land of the living. And may those testimonies go ahead and create that change and that domino effect for those people that don't believe. Because that's why you placed us there, Lord God. So I pray, Lord God, that you may take control in how we address people, in how we communicate to them, in how we support them. May you show yourself strong and clearly in everything that we do, Lord God. We continue to pray, Lord God, that we may continue to seek you. Your word says that we should seek first your kingdom and all the rest will be added to us. So even all these things we're praying about, Father, may you remind us to always come back at your feet and seek you and you'll keep reminding us. When we are falling off the road, that you'll remind us, my children, get back on track. But all that comes from seeking you, from reading your word, from fellowshipping together, and being reminded all of all, all these things. So I want to thank you so much for this opportunity that you've given us this evening to be in your presence, to be reminded of the fact that in everything we do, we need to give you all the glory and you, O oh Lord, will be our rear guard, that you, O oh Lord, will be our protector, regardless of whatever battles may be going on around us, whether it's in our workplaces or whatever relationships, uh, maybe with our children, interactions and everything, that if we just humbly come to you, Lord God, you will have our backs. You will be there to watch over us and sail us through these things. May we not be found lacking, Lord God, at the end. You've brought us this far, Lord God, Ebenezer. May you help us stay on this journey, standing steadfast, pushing on until the end, Lord God. And may we not be found lacking and lose it at the end. Give back all the glory and all the honor, Father. Because there is none like you, Lord. Who are we? 
that you have enabled us be here. You've reminded, given us these reminders. I pray that this seed, Lord God, may be watered, it may grow, and someone else may learn from this. May we spread this gospel, even as we get off this call, that whoever we interact with, Lord God, what you've blessed us with, we'll pass on to them, and that we will all be able to support each other, and that the glory will all come back to you. And it's not just about the big things, even in the so-called small things in life, because all things belong to you, my Father. I thank you, Lord. I give you all the glory and all the honor, for there is none like you. Tewali akwinka namkama. Tunakosinzanga. Tunakosinzanga. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. And I ask all this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.